successful time and gave us opportunity to minister as well. And we're always thankful for that because it's all about him and helping people uh, in their walk with him. Our theme for the year is on the back wall here, and we've been emphasizing this for a number of weeks. God is at work in such a time as this. And we are at the key passage in the book of Esther that really deals with our theme at its heart. And uh, the message, as I said, fulfilling your such a time as this. I want to read verse number 14 again. We'll have prayer, and then we're going to dive right in. The Bible says in Esther 4, in verse 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Mordecai is talking to Esther and challenging her. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, we ask this morning that you would help us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us each as individuals. Lord, I I pray if there's someone here who doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven. Lord, would today be the day they trust you as Savior. And Lord, for those of us that do, I ask that you would give us a fresh vision for how you want to use us today in 2024 in such a time as this to impact eternity. Lord, we need you. Without you, we're nothing. So, Lord, I yield myself to you, and I pray that you'd be glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Esther chapter number 3 ends with verse number 15. The Bible says in Esther 3 and verse number 15, the very last phrase, the city Shushan was perplexed. The city was filled with uncertainty because of a law that was passed that the Jews would be killed. I said this uh, two weeks ago. Commentators believe there may perhaps have been about 15 million Jews scattered throughout the Persian Empire. The leaders in the nation are having dinner. God's people are perplexed and wondering what has happened. Mordecai, God's servant who is here for such a time as this as well, has to remind Esther that God could have brought her to the palace for her to to serve him, to impact eternity in the palace. God could have brought her there for such a time as this. Two weeks ago, we had you, as we introduced the message, we had you write on a piece of paper your name and, and uh, where, when you were born and maybe where you were born and where you live now. And, and, uh, and then I had you to write the word why under there. And I told you that I was going to help us to understand maybe what that why is. You see, God formed every one of us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God had us born in the place that we were born. God has us here now for such a time as this. In the year 2024, Esther, we know this already, has done, served the Lord, and she's with him. It's our time now. And interesting, as we think about this passage of Scripture, we we need to remember that God wants us to fulfill our such a time. Mordecai has to remind Esther because Esther was in the palace. And we said, as we looked at uh, two of the four principles I want you to get, we said, number one, that it is important for us if we're going to fulfill our time. It's important for us if we're going to recognize, why am I here? We're not here by accident. We're here by God's divine sovereignty. And if we're going to fulfill what God has us to fulfill here on earth, number one, we've got to see the needs around us. Where was Esther? Mordecai is out in the king's gate, and Mordecai, is he is fasting, and he's got sackcloth and ashes on him. 
Esther finds out about it, and Esther says, take him some clothes and get him to change. Esther has no clue what's going on. She's in the palace, protected from what's really going on. Mordecai, through a servant, communicates to Esther what the decree was that came down from the king. Esther now sees the need. And we said, I think I shared two ways for us to see the need. Number one, we need to pray and ask God to show us the needs around us. Number two, I said this, it is important for us to get out of the palace to see the needs. You say, well, who am I? I'm just a nobody from nowhere with nothing. All of us are nobodies from nowhere with nothing. But the amazing thing is that God uses the the nobodies. God uses the foolish to confound the wise. God wants to use every one of us to impact eternity. God wants to use you to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God wants to use you to help people in their Christian walk to get closer to God. Maybe to get victory in their life. Maybe you have victory in your life in a certain area. And God will bring people in your, across your path that need victory and you can help them. But you see, we'll never fulfill our such of time in 2024 as this until we see the needs of other people around us. And that's why it's important. Jesus told the disciples there, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white already to harvest. We can be so focused in our own world, can't we? We can be so focused with our job and with our family and with our house and with the things that we're trying to do to survive that we can live day in and day out and never see the needs of other people around us. God doesn't want us to live to ourselves. Jesus came to minister. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Jesus told his disciples, the greatest of all are the servants of all, those people that are fulfilling God's will. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And you know what? That ought to be our heart cry as well. I'm here for such a time as this. My desire is to do God's will and finish it until the day he calls me home to heaven. Number one, you have to see the need. Secondly, we said it is important to search for a promise. When we look at the word of God here and we look at Mordecai, Mordecai understood uh, the Old Testament when it comes to God's people. Mordecai understood that God would deliver the Jews. If you look at verse number 14, the verse we read, If altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there be enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. You see, he understood that God was going to protect his people. Esther had some legitimate reasons to be concerned. Obviously, Esther was serving uh, 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 the king. And the king, the same king, Hazarus, is the one that had Vashti killed. Esther hadn't been called into the king for 30 days. She wondered probably if the, he had forgotten about her. Obviously, the rule was for anyone to appear before the king that had not been summoned by the king, their life was at risk. And Esther communicates to Mordecai the concerns that she has. It's important for us to remember every one of us will have concerns. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have Uh, areas where we need to depend upon God. And it is easy for us to see, when we do see the need around us in 2024, to think that need is too great, 
to think that's impossible, to think, hey, I can't do anything to help uh, that need or to help the cause of God in 2024. And that is not true. And Mordecai understands that God is going to deliver the Jews. And Mordecai says to Esther, hey, God is going to deliver the Jews. And he says to her, hey, just because you're living in the palace doesn't mean that you're not going to be killed. And he gives her some truth. He gives her some truth based on a a truth that he understood about God taking care of his people through the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter number 12. And he challenges her to fulfill her such a time as this. Can I say this? There's a lot of places that you can put your time and energy and money. There's a lot of places. There's a lot of individuals in the world in which we live in that are laying up for themselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupts and thieves break through and steal. You can have a whole lot of treasure here on earth, but I tell you this, when the day comes that you breathe your last breath and and you lay in a pine box at the front of a church or a funeral home or somewhere, all of that treasure that you've laid up here on earth will not go with you. God has given us an opportunity to make a difference in 2024, to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. See the need. Look at all the promises in the word of God. God says, go into all the world. And lo, I am with you. You see, God just doesn't give us a need. God gives us promises. And we'll see this in just a minute. I want you to see number three now as we pick up where we left off. Number three step, I think it's important for us to seek the Lord, to seek the Lord. In chapter number, uh, I mean, it's the same chapter, excuse me, verse number 15, Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. Now, fasting is going to include the assumption of prayer. What good would a fast do without prayer? And so there's a time of fasting and a time of prayer. She says, fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. Interesting, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Esther brought her maidens along. They were either very, very committed to Esther, and and probably a little bit of both. Maybe they were Jews themselves. They're going to take and set aside three days to seek the Lord. She needed favor in the eyes of the king. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number one, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as rivers of water, so he he turneth it whithersoever he will. Hold your place in the book of Esther real quick and turn to Joshua chapter number one, and I want you to see something. Joshua chapter number one. In Joshua chapter one, the mantle is passed to Joshua. Moses had died, and God calls Joshua to lead his people now to the promised land. The first phrase, the death of Moses, God peers to Joshua. But I want you to see what God does for Joshua before he gives his specifics, all right? Our, our step number four is going to be step out by faith. I'm going to try to tie all these together. You see, you see the need you search for truth in the word of God. You seek the Lord for direction. Where am I going to minister? Who am I going to minister to? 
And then when God leads, you step out by faith. And that's our fourth truth. I want you to see here, God's calling Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. Look at what God does for Joshua. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee." Notice his instructions are kind of general right now. His instructions are, hey, you're going to go into the promised land. He'll get specific with his instructions, but before he does, he gives them his promises. Hey, I promise you that I am going to go with you and that I am going to bless you. Moses has to connect with God to get specific instructions for his life, just as we need to connect with God. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse number 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. Do you know seeking God requires time? You ever lose something important to you? You lose something really important to you, it's hard to think about anything else. Lost your wallet. Actually, probably from many people, their, their phone is more important than anything. Hopefully not important than your Bible. You lose your phone, you're wondering. By the way, those find your phone devices to me don't work too good. You lose your AirPods, the thing you put in your ear and you try to find it. It's supposed to beep. It's got, I mean, I need, I need a real loud alarm. I mean, I need that thing to be like louder, like there's a fire or something. The little beep, the beep, beep, beep. You're never going to find that. In any event, you lose something valuable to you. What do you do? You search it. You seek for it. You say, hey, don't, hold on, don't talk to me yet. I'm trying to find something. The reality is if we seek him, we'll find him. It takes time and sacrifice and patience, and it takes faith as we look for God, to seek to God for the specifics that God would have for us. You're in Joshua. Turn over a few pages to, to chapter number 9. Chapter number 9. And God's people are moving in uh, and conquering the land. In verse number, I I don't have a lot of time here, but they they meet some inhabitants from Gibeon, verse 3. And uh, this nation that was close to them decides we better make peace with the Israelites. And I want you to look at verse number 14. The Bible says this, And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. What did they do? God's people, Israel, made an agreement with the people from Gibeon. They thought they were from far, far away, and they weren't. And they made an agreement with them, and it came back to haunt them. I don't have time to talk about it. It came back to haunt them. What does the Bible say? The Bible says this. They sought not the counsel of God. Just because I see a need, turn to Acts 16, and I'll, I'll show you another illustration of this. Just because I see a need and I have a promise doesn't mean that I don't need to seek God for where and how and what he would have for me to do. In Acts chapter number 16, we know that the Apostle Paul is preaching the gospel. He's planting churches, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. He was a human being just like you and I. And he's, he wants to get 
churches established and planted. Look at verse number 5 of Acts 16. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Why were they forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God in Asia? They're preaching God's word. They've got a promise from God that God's going to go with them and God's going to empower them. But hear me now, God had a specific place that he wanted them to go. And the scripture says they were forbidden to, uh, to go to Asia, uh, uh, Mysia, Bithynia, the Spirit suffered them not. And the bottom line, where do they end up? Macedonia, verse 10. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavoring to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering. You see, what does that mean? They knew absolutely this is where God wanted us to go, that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. You see, we have a promise. We have needs all around us, by the way. You don't have to go far. We talked about this last week as we look at some of the laws we're trying to pass here in Pennsylvania. Hey, the need is great around us. We all have a promise. Go ye in all the world, and lo, I am with you always. Matthew chapter number 28. So we see the need. We've got promises that God says the fields are white unto harvest. See, Pastor, what does that mean? That means this. There are people in your sphere of influence that are ready to hear the gospel. They're ready for help. They don't know where to go for help. Step three, as we look at this, where do I go? Who do I talk to? That's where seeking the Lord comes in. You see, that's where Esther said, hey, we're going to have a fast. We've got to seek God. I'm sure Esther was thinking, if God's not in this, I'm dead. <laughs> i got to go in here and talk to the king, and I'm, I'm a little concerned about it, and I see the need around, and, and I understand that Mordecai's got this promise that God's going to protect the Jews, but we better take a time out, and we better seek the Lord and say, Lord, specifically, uh, we <laughs> need you to, to speak to us. And every one of us have the privilege, the privilege of talking to the God of heaven. Your, your, your boss might not be approachable. You may never get in to the president of the company. None of us will get in to see the president. Although I will tell you this, I don't know how many of you get on, we're going to chase a little rabbit here, I don't know how many of you get emails from all these, you know, I have found that when, um, when uh, Donald Trump sends an email and says, come meet me in Mar-a-Lago, and you think all he wants is a donation, and that's all they want is a donation, but in the fine print, you can, you can sign up. You've got to look at the fine print. It says, to enter without donating, sign here. In the fine print. So you can click on it. I mean, if you'd like a free trip to Mar-a-Lago, I mean, this is a free trip. I mean, hotels and everything. And uh, so you go there, and uh, you can sign up without giving, all right? There you go, free of charge. The reality is this. We can't get to certain people, but you can talk to the one that's in charge of the whole world. And God says, call unto me, and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Every one of us can have a deep relationship with God because he's given us the truth. 
If you're here this morning, you don't know for sure your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. Jesus died. He came here to planet Earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, and He died on Calvary's cross. He bore in His body the sins of the whole world. He died that we might be able to have forgiveness of sins. And we come to Him and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Heaven's perfect. You can't let sin into heaven. I get that. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. And I'm trusting Jesus. And Jesus not only forgives us, but He gives us His righteousness. And that enables us to go into heaven. I've, I've shared this so many times, I'll probably keep sharing it until the day I die. When I first entered the ministry, what shocked me more than anything about a church like our church and other Baptist churches that have the truth, what shocked me more than anything is that Christian people don't spend time with God. I, I'm not perfect, but I tell you this, I had a mom and dad, they weren't perfect either. My mom and dad taught me one thing. Well, they taught me more than one thing, but one thing, the most, the most valuable thing you can teach your children, spend time with God. You know, there were times when as a teenager I wasn't where I needed to be. There were times I wasn't right with God. But can I tell you something? When I, even when I wasn't right with God, I get up in the morning and I read a chapter. I may not have prayed like I should because my parents tried to help me. They knew the day that would come that I'd leave the home. They knew the day would come that I'd leave the home and I'd have to walk with God on my own. I'd have to talk to God. Do you know my dad doesn't, my dad's still alive, my mom's in heaven. My dad does not call me every day and say, did you read your Bible? Did you read your Bible? There was a time though as a young person when my dad on a regular basis and my mom on a regular basis, did you spend time with God today? Did you read your Bible today? And I tell you this, it has helped me more than anything in the world to have a relationship with God, the God of heaven. God loves us. God wants to spend time with us. God wants to be your best friend. We don't have time to not spend time with God. And sometimes God's people do not fulfill their such a time as this. Yes, because they don't see the need. Yes, because they don't have a promise in the word of God. But we're not walking with God. When I walk with God, I have his heart. And I recognize this world's not my home. Make me a stranger, Lord. My home's heaven. Lord, I want to know my such a time. Lord, what do you want me to do? Some of you are... I was going to say older. That's true, but the politically correct would be more mature than others. You know, sometimes you get older in life and you think, what can I do? Talk to him, he'll tell you. you know, sometimes people think, I was talking to a preacher once, months ago, and he said he had the stats and he was reading a book, whatever stats. He said, many people make their greatest impact for God between 60 and 70 or 60 and 75 you think about that. There are lots of excuses, just like Esther, that we could come up with to say, I, I, I'm too old, I don't have talent, I don't have ability, I have health issues, I have. By the way, you have health issues. Maybe you're such a time as this is in the doctor's office. I don't know. But in order for you to know specifically, God, what do you have for me here? You have got to spend time with God. Number four, go back to the book of Esther. Esther chapter number four. 
The latter part of verse number 16, she says this, And if I perish, I perish. Verse 1 of chapter 5, we'll look at this more next week. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house. Our fourth key in fulfilling your such a time as this is to step out by faith. You see, you see the need. You see the need around you and you go, wow, there's a lot of people. Wow, my neighbors need Jesus. i got some family members. They need Jesus. You get into the Word of God and you see, God, you're still able to save. Nothing's too hard for the Lord and, and I see that. And then you get on your face before God and you see, God, I see the need and I understand what the Word of God says. And you see, Lord, would you show me specifically what you want me to do? I'm not talking about my wife. Or, I'm talking about me. What do you want me to do for such a time as this right now? What do you want me to do? And God will show you. And then comes the hard part. I got to take a step of faith. I got to go to that worker, that coworker. And I got to say to that coworker, do you know you're on your way to heaven? By the way, this is true for all of us. I think some people think the pastor comes to outreach and he's like, What's wrong with all you sinners? We're going to go out there and win the world. You know, it's a step of faith for all of us. Think with me about some of the challenges that God's people faced in the Word of God. Matter of fact, all, all four of these points are illustrated in the book of Nehemiah. I want you to turn to Nehemiah 1, and I want you to just take you through this real quick. Every one of these, Esther, Nehemiah, no, no, Esther, Job, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, there you go. So you got to go backward. I was going to tell you to go forward. Don't go forward. Go backward. Let, let me show you this. All right? This Nehemiah illustrates all four points. Chapter 1, verse 3. Verse 2 and 3, he sees the need. Let me just give you verse 3. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Nehemiah's burden, he hears a need about Jerusalem. The walls are broken down. He sees the need. Secondly, Nehemiah, the promises are found really in verse 8 to 11. Remember, I beseech thee, as he talks to the Lord, that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if, if ye transgress, I'll scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though, they, uh, th- though there were of you cast out of the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. He's talking to God and he says, God, you promised. You made us a promise. If you go back a few verses and look at verse 4 to 7, you'll see... And it came to pass, I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed for the God of heaven. Chapter number two, we see the step of faith. Came to pass, the month of Nisan, goes to Artaxerxes the king, I had not been before sad in his presence, wherefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad? I take the step of faith to communicate to the king. He could have been killed too, by the way. He could have been killed too. Think about the word of God. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to serve God. We're going to please God. If God wants to take us, fine. 
but we're not turning on God. Step of faith. Think about the priests there in the book of Joshua where God said, hey, uh, you got to step into the Jordan River and I'll part the Jordan River. Do you know what? The Jordan River was not parted until they took their foot and went to step in it. And as soon as they touched it, it split. That's a step of faith. You see, sometimes that's where we kind of short circuit. But when we think about it all through the Word of God, Peter was on the ship. The storm was there. There was Jesus. And Peter said, If it be thou, bid me come unto thee. And Jesus said, Come. Peter didn't walk on water until Peter got out of the boat and took the step of faith to do what God had told him to do. The Jews would have never been saved had Esther not been willing to take the step of faith. You know, when it comes to, let's apply this just a little bit. When it comes to reaching people with the gospel, I've said this some already. You see the need. God's word said, hey, I'll save anybody. Lord, who do you want me to talk to? And God will specifically put people on your mind. But you won't fulfill your such a time as this until you're willing to step to take the step of faith and open your mouth. Somebody in the church says, hey, I want God to use me. Uh, uh, in, in the giving aspect of things. By the way, you're going to get a letter from me this week concerning the um, uh, the sacrifice offering. By the way, if you're visiting with us, I usually say this at the offering. I, I tell you, don't feel any pressure. Put anything in the offering plate, all right? We're not about money here, but this principle applies. Someone looks at the bullet and says, wow, I, I see that need there. Well, I look at the Word of God, and God says, my God shall supply all my need. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, we pray for it, and often we pray more general. Lord, would you bless and work in this way? And as we pray, God says, hello, I'd like to use you in this way. And we say, well, I got needs in my own life. What do I have to do? Take a step of faith and say, Lord. Hey, this same truth applies in marriage. You know, people say, hey, I have challenges in my, in my marriage. I see the needs, and I have challenges. You say, hey, I look at the Word of God and see that this, God wants marriages to be good marriages. And so I seek the Lord, and I say, Lord, would you help my partner to change? My partner's got all these issues. By the way, I'm just making this up now, all right? I transitioned. My partner's wonderful, and I thank the Lord for that. And I'm the biggest problem in our marriage, not her. But sometimes we find ourselves praying, a oh, partner, they got the needs. And God says, hello, hello, I need you to do something. The Bible says, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. But you see, you know what? If I forgive my partner... I'm going to, that's not going to be bad. That's going to be bad. You know, if I overcome, the Bible says, if I overcome evil with good, um, I don't know about that. I'm going to be a doormat. Nobody wants to be a doormat. You see, we're not willing to take the step of faith and say, what does God tell me that I need to do? And I'm going to do what I need to do, and I'm going to trust God that God will work, and God will do that. But instead, marriages fall apart because people hunker down and say, I'm going to wait on you to change when I need to change, and I need to take the step of faith. Hey, think about the nation in which we live in. There are a lot of needs around here. We look at the Word of God, and the Word of God says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, right, then I'll hear from heaven, right? I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And this land needs healing, and we see the needs, and we see what the Word of God promises and we've got to see God see God would you help this nation and Lord would you bring us back to where we need to be and Lord this nation needs revival and sometimes as we seek God God says you need revival 
You see, we think the need for the nation is out there somewhere. The reality is every one of us has a privilege to vote. Do you know sometimes God's people, I know you think, well, I don't like this, I don't like that. I get it. Some of it's the lesser of the evils. But somebody's going to get in office. Somebody's going to do it. And for us to do nothing, we're not fulfilling our such a time as this. We have an opportunity sometimes to take a stand or to call a senator or to say, hey, I'm going to do my part in such a time as this to help the nation. It works. There's so many applications we could bring here. Step of faith. Believing God. Doing what God wants you to do. I read a story about James Calvert. He was a missionary he went to the cannibals of the Fiji Islands. The ship captain tried to turn him back, saying, you're going to lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go among the savages. To that, Calvert replied, we died before we came here. We died to our own agenda. We died to what we wanted because we've given our lives to the Lord. The songwriter said this, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. We look at Esther and we say, wow, what a great woman. Well, she turned the course of the nation there. And we're going to find out what God did. God did it in response to her being willing to fulfill her such a time as this. We can complain about all the people and all the circumstances and all these things around us, but God has us here for a purpose. Will you see the need? Will you get into the Word of God and say, God, I'm gonna, I need a promise? Will you seek God then specifically and say, God, who, where, what can I do? And will you step out by faith? When God says, do it. By the way, I'm done with this. Why do we have outreach Sunday? Why do we have outreach Saturday? To give all of us an opportunity to step out by faith. Lord, I am thankful.